The Guardian. Nova is America's most watched science series. You'll find it every night at 7.50 on PBS. Sky Channel 166, Virgin Media 243. PBS, where television matters. Hello, I'm John Plunkett, and we're in Salford this week for a special edition of Media Talk from the Radio Festival. It's a conference that's been dominated in recent years by discussions about DAB, but this time it's been DQF that's been doing the do. Things got underway with Mark Thompson giving more detail about cuts to BBC local radio. MPs have criticised the cutbacks as unfair, unjustified and a travesty for listeners. So what to make of the DG's DQF-ery? Here's the BBC's media correspondent, Torin Douglas. He was um, very robust about it, saying that local radio was not suffering more than uh, any other parts of the BBC, but he did acknowledge that because of um, the fact they've got all these buildings and so on, it has a bigger effect on, on, on staff. I think one of the interesting things was that you then got a member of uh, a local station, uh, Radio Merseyside's uh, lunchtime presenter, actually challenging his boss live at the, um, at the conference. Now, that says a lot about the BBC. You would not get commercial broadcasters uh, being challenged by their own staff uh, in that forum. And I think that's partly what this is all about, the fact that they could do that. So the open discussion that was all part of Delivering Quality Versus sort of continued? Absolutely so. And again, I think that was the underlying theme here. There was a local radio session where it was, it, it was continued. And you've got the commercial broadcasters taking a look at this and saying, well, actually, the BBC is still incredibly well-funded in comparison with us. They could do a lot more with that money. They can get rid of the, those staff and still do a good job. So that debate was had, and this is the right place to do that. Ashley Tabor, uh, who two years ago wasn't here at all from Global, last year said he didn't really believe in industry issues. Now he's the chair of the Radio Academy and really bigging it up. He was here for half an hour. Dee Ford of, um, of Bow was on for half an hour. So you had proper people talking about all of the big issues and that's what the radio festival should be. Well, someone who's concerned about the cuts to local radio is Melvin Bragg. He was here in the northwest to interview the Sony Award-winning Rolling Stone, Ronnie Wood. Ronnie declined the pleasure of having the media talk microphone thrust into his rock star face. We don't listen to his absolute radio show either. But Lord Bragg was, fortunately, more forthcoming. I asked him whether he thought Mark Thompson had pulled it off when it comes to delivering quality first. Well, he had a tough job, and I think that the first laying out of the plan of putting quality first is very impressive. And it's a difficult thing with the BBC because it exists as an institution and therefore it's going to keep those structures in place. And yet, basically, I agree with Hugh Weldon, who I worked with when I started on Monitor in the early 60s, that the BBC is the sum of its programmes. So what you really need to look after is the people making the programmes. Have they got their want? Are there enough of them? Are they being overmanaged? Uh, it's following the talent. It's the sum of the programmes. But he's aware of that. And do they have enough resources to do the job? Well, compared with other areas, the BBC has pretty good resources still. They harbour their resources very well. They, uh, you can't, in the areas I move in, which are sort of marginal areas, the resources are comparatively very good. In certain areas, they'll be outbidded, but there you go, there's bound to happen. But not many. Radio 4 has become a bit of a bone of contention for, for critics who say that local radio is borne too much of the brunt of the cuts. Do you think that's a fair criticism? I think to compare local radio and Radio 4 is a bit rough on... Both of them, really. Radio 4 is one thing, local radio is another. Um, I was at a session with Mark and others where we talked intensively about local radio, and I spoke very strongly for local radio, especially in my own neck of the woods up in Cumberland, where it's, it's a very valuable uh, source of information, entertainment, community, and so on. I'm actually very sympathetic, but I'm also very sympathetic to the fact that the BBC's got to find a massive percentage of saving. I mean, you can't duck that. They have to. And every time there's a cut, there's blood. 
MPs accused Mark Thompson of a, a, a loss of nerve and said he should have actually closed down a service and not salami sliced. Well, that's your business. I don't know. I don't know the BBC well enough. I, if I were in a service, I wouldn't want it closed down. Salami slicing, I, he hasn't worked through yet as far as I'm concerned. So I don't know what the real effects on programmes are yet. That's when you can take it into account. But he's got to do something, and he had to do something dramatic. We'll see what happens. But I'd go back to the fact that it's, there's a lot of things he's got to look after. One's the institution, and the other is the programmes. Now, Melvin Bragg's In Our Time is one of the cornerstones of Radio 4, which was controversially untouched by the DQF Axe, which means they have plenty of money to send much-loved panel show Just a Minute to India for its 45th anniversary next year. I asked Radio 4 controller Gwyneth Williams to tell me more about that, without hesitation, repetition or deviation. Yes, well, the, the reason that we're going is because in India, um, the cl- uh, there are jam clubs, as it's called, all over India. People play the game uh, uh, fiendishly and constantly with all kinds of variations in rules. So we thought it would be fun uh, to take Nicholas and Paul Mertens going, and I hope Giles Brandreth, um, um, and then we'll have obviously some Indian panellists and, and Indian audiences. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's a great way to celebrate 45 years of just a minute and really rather unexpected. We've also got Martin Chuzzlewit. Um, set in Mumbai as part of the Dickens season from Radio 4. And we're in Salford, where BC Radio 5 Live is in the, in the process of moving to. How does Radio 4 better represent the country, do you think, outside of London and the South East? Well, we do have a lot of listeners um, outside um, the South and the South East, so obviously I would like to have more Radio 4 listeners, and I, and I just think, particularly now in this period of extraordinary turmoil, that, that Radio 4's got We've got a lot to offer, and I, and, and, I, and I would like to reach more listeners, you know, all over the UK and beyond, obviously. Well, what we do is just look for the best quality anywhere that we can find it. We do, we're, we're trying to take our programmes out and around the UK, perhaps a little more. Um, you know, we're going to Bristol in March, um, where we've got a fantastic epic poem written by Owen Shears, which is a, a poetic retelling of the Odyssey. Um, and uh, the, uh, because a lot of soldiers coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan, we're going to run that across the net. We're going to do lots of other things as well um, from Bristol. But if that works, you know, we might consider taking that elsewhere. Moral Maze goes round and about. I've launched a poetry workshop with Ruth Padell, which is going around the country. We're do, do, doing what we can in, 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 that, in that regard. Now, probably the most entertaining session at this year's festival was Nick Ferrari's late-night phone-in. With its panel of five of the country's most controversial local and national shock jocks, it was like the male radio version of Loose Women. Imagine that. When Ferrari and friends were done, I caught up with Pete Price, late-night legend from Liverpool's Radio City 96.7, as well as LBC's James Whale and the currently unemployed and frequently fired John Gaunt. I started by asking whether it was possible to be a shock jock without being white, middle-aged and slightly right-wing, not to mention overweight. That's just a boring question, isn't it, Plunkett? Typical of The Guardian. Uh, well, if you made a good start here, John. Well, if you on. want to host a radio show, all you've got to have is talent. Yeah, look, so I, if you're I, black, white, lesbian, gay, I mean, here's my big friend, Pete. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can be anything you want. Just get on air, open your gob and have an opinion. Don't start this, let's get, you know, let's be, you know, uh, oh, let's all be inclusive. Talent's the only thing that matters, hang, Pete. Hang on. Can I just, I've got to go and do a show, all right? Uh, if there are some... Uh, why is there, James, why is there not more diversity among uh, phone-in hosts? I'm going to ask you a question. It's just an observation. I'm just going to ask your question. Okay. If there are any good ones, then they'll get jobs. 
Anyone can do it. You could do it. What about Eddie Nesta? Not very well, but you could do it. What about Eddie Nesta? Eddie Nesta? BBC she? London. Is that he, a woman? <laughs> Eddie Nesta is a black guy who's doing a show, well, four o'clock, as you well no, know, know, up against you, no up idea. against you yeah, look at, at the, the same time. His ratings don't even show. I'm going now. Nice to see you. But I'm sure there's no reason why these people couldn't do better. James, before you go, well, what do you make of uh, people haven't got to ring a, a radio station late at night or any time of day now to have their say on, on uh, current affairs? They can do it on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. Well, how do you see the impact of social media on, on, on phone in shows such as yours? If they don't want to do it on my show, they can do it wherever they like. Have I you noticed care. a difference? Not at all. Not for me. Ratings have just gone up on LBC and I'm really glad. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> John, how about you? Have you embraced social media? Yeah, well, obviously I'm not embracing radio at the moment, aren't I? Because no one's brave enough to give me a job. But the bottom line is you need to use social media. You need to use Twitter, Facebook, email and all the rest of it uh, to make phone in even better take it into the 21st century we don't need to reject it and the only people who say their calls are going down are people who are no good or don't know how to use social networks in my opinion pete your thoughts on social media um you have to use everything now um the 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 reason why my package works is that i do pantomime i'm stand-up comic i still work at weekends i write for the liverpool echo i use twitter i use facebook i use emails it's complete and utter package and if you don't as john said you're dead in the water you have to embrace them john are you going to embrace panto I've been in Panto before, actually, with Vicky Michelle out of LOLO. And the way my career's going, uh, yeah, I'll be embracing it again. Well, I'm sorry I missed that. How do you judge that? How's the health of phone-in shows generally? I was a big fan, you know, as a kid growing up. I always used to be tuned into LBC late at night, but... I think they're difficult, phone-ins. And I really do believe what I said before, that you have to have a maturity to do a phone-in because you have to be a world... You've got to be a worldly person. You've got to have lived. I'm a gay man. I'm adopted. I lost my mother. I went through the Hillsborough crisis. I went through the Toxteth crisis. Uh, I was there when James Bulger was killed. You have to go through all this to know what you're talking about, that you can relate to people out there. John, you've brought plenty of life experience to your show, but you've also worked in BBC and commercial radio. Did you see a difference in, uh, in their attitude, and do you see one continuing today? I tried to make that point on stage. I mean, I think the cuts to local radio are savage. I agree with Greg Dyke when he was the director general. I believe that BBC local radio should be the front door for all of the BBC services. It should be protected. That said, there is some dead wood. Uh, clearly, over-resourced in certain places needs cuts in these times of austerity. So I do believe the BBC is bloated. However, how can Radio 3 has been completely protected uh, and Radio 4 but uh, BBC Local Radio has been attacked so savagely. It's wrong. It's also the training ground for so many of us, which is both a negative and a positive. Now, coming on to the difference, when I worked at uh, BBC London, which is where I was possibly happiest and BBC Three Counties Radio, you had the journalistic integrity and resources behind you, which made you a better presenter because you could actually bring in proper journalism. At TalkSport, it had to be more and more controversial to get more and more reaction, and it was cut to the bone too much. And then, of course, when they believed Believed, not Ofcom, when they believed I overstepped the mark by calling that council a Nazi and a health fascist, just what I'd said in the sun, I got the sack. And now no one gives me a job. So, yes, I actually believe BBC Local Radio should be protected. There's a balance there. There is Deadwood, though, in BBC Local Radio, but overall, I'm a massive supporter of it. And this country and our democracy will be denuded if BBC Local Radio, if these cuts go through, that needs to be protected. By the same token, it should be all talk. I don't want to hear BBC Local Radio playing. 
the better music mix. I don't want to hear them competing with commercial music stations. They should be all talk. A man called David Roby, who's now the boss of BBC London, right? Me and him have had loads of fallouts over the years. He ran three counties in Luton. He took that station, he turned it into an all-talk station. I was the figurehead of it. We took the audience from 9% to 19.4 by going all-talk. 19.4, a massive increase. Why? Because we were local. We talked about local conditions. That's why I won my awards and everything, because we were part of the community. That's what BBC Local Radio should be. I'm passionate about it. But, but now but now BBC London's going to make £1, one million pounds worth of cuts. Well, yeah, but you see, BBC London is a mishmash as well. They've got the brilliant Danny Baker on there. But what, what I'm saying is BBC Local Radio should be all talk. That is what I'm saying, including BBC London. And talk can mean many things. It doesn't have to be all news, and it doesn't have to be news shoulders, and it doesn't have to be all, you know, all the kind of boring shit that you'd do on The Guardian. It can actually be... Well, I hesitate to, hesitate to interrupt you, but Pete, last word to you. Have you noticed if callers got more aggressive in, in recent years, or do they feel like they're entitled to have their say maybe more than they used to, uh, you know, in times gone by? Callers are totally aggressive now to what they used to be. Um, students have campaigns every Sunday to get on my show to say, it tastes like chicken. Please don't ask me why it tastes like chicken all over the country student it's a big uh, a big cult following it, it they're they are, they're aggressive because they try and push you to get you sacked they actually try to get you sacked that is the nature of the beast of late night radio but having said that there is the other side when the woman who was going to commit suicide because her husband died and i made her get a suit out of the wardrobe and put it in her bed and she slept with it and her children rang the next day and said you say my mother's life there's a serious side to it time to draw things to a close the biggest cheese in the radio industry is tim davy the director of audio and music at the bbc he's had a busy 12 months trying to bring commercial radio and the bbc together and driving the industry towards its digital future still and when i spoke to him he had a few things to say about dqf too across the bbc the cuts have been um tough to take I think our choices across different areas have had different impacts. Uh, Clearly in local radio, we focus very hard on protecting the big audience day parts, so morning drive. Um, But we are in a process of consultation, so we'll, we'll, we'll go through it. And clearly, there's no doubt some of the local services feel that, you know, the uh, headcount reductions are significant. Um, and, and, you know, there's a, there's a discussion going on on that. But I have to say, if you look at overall on local radio, um, the levels of savings are slightly better, if not in line, with um, radio as a whole, which overall is, is, is in a marginally better position than TV and the internet within the BBC. So, so it's, a tough, it's a tough situation, but, but there is a tough settlement out there that we have to get done. There's a radio Merseyside chief said yesterday that um, he won't be able to maintain the same level of quality at breakfast and, and drive, let alone elsewhere in the daytime schedule. Is that a worry for you? Clearly it's a worry. I mean, you know, I think um, if you care about radio and you care about our output, you worry when you, when you make production efficiencies across any bit of our output. We do not want to get into a situation where we're thinning radio output and not making proper choices. I think we'll have to see how it works out. I think the new Six Music... Well, no, I mean, Six Music was a proposal to close. I mean, the one thing I would say that's been missed a bit in the debate is we're not proposing to close local radio. We're proposing to keep the vast, vast majority of a significant budget in local radio. That's not to say there isn't a debate to be had. So I thought this was going to be the festival that left DAB Radio behind, but it, it's raised its uh, uh, beautiful head again in the sense that uh, commercial radio seems to be split about uh, whether a deal is going to be done for local DAB rollout by, by the end of the year. Bow, optimistic, GMG Radio, optimistic, but uh, Ashley Tabor, less so, and said the BBC was dragging its feet on the issue. Yeah, for DAB aficionados, of which I know you're one, John, oh, yes. these are, these, I don't think, 
the DAB debate is stale. I think it's far from it. I think you know DAB nationally is in very good shape. Uh, we are now a specific bit of the, the jigsaw, which is local coverage, cr- a critical bit. If you actually l- listen to what's being said, you know, Bauer, very supportive of a deal. The minister, Ed Vasey, clearly um, expecting a deal by Christmas, us saying the same thing. Um, and I think Arkiva, others are going to come in on um, a process, or come in on a process, as it were, to, to get this deal done. Um, the key is who's going to pay for it? Well, I think, you know, that's part of the... <laughs> That's the clues in the title. It's a negotiation. Um, so um, we, we, will, we will go through that process. I do think we're, we're, we're pretty close to doing a deal. Radio Centre Chief Executive Andrew Harrison said that the, um, the cost will be split roughly a third each between BBC government and commercial. Is that how you see it? Um, I'm not going to comment on the individual splits at the moment. I do think it's a, I would say it, it will clearly be a shared burden between the various parties. Just finally, with Five Live, it's uh, midway through moving to Salford and we'll be uh, fully up and running where we are today, over the road at Media City by the end of November. It, uh, is it weird that so many of the daytime presenters are still commuting from London? I mean, I've spent longer in Salford than some of your, uh, some of your big names were. I've, I think you're making an overstatement there. But anyway, I, I, I think you know, we'll see a good chunk of staff and presenters based in Salford. We'll see some coming up and down. The truth is... If you go round the studios, and I hope you do, John, I don't know whether you've been round yet, um, the vast majority of staff, and I'm including presenters, based in Salford, a fantastic working environment. I think the station's going to be sound, sounding great. If I can be blunt, I don't think um, most of the listeners care about the individual commuting arrangements or this, that and the other of the staff. They care about the output, and I think that will be as good as ever. And with that, it's time to catch the train back south from sunny Salford. You can read more about what's been going on at the Radio Festival at mediaguardian.co.uk. And if you want to give your feedback on anything you've just heard, our blog's at guardian.co.uk slash mediatalk. I'm John Plunkett, and Media Talk is produced by Ben Green. Thanks for listening, especially you, Matt Britton from Google. Loving your work. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.